Welcome back. Welcome back. I'm so glad that you all are here with us, wherever here is. That's your car? I literally just got back in town last night, so I felt like that was very personal. Hey, man. Welcome back. Thank I'm you. I'm really glad that you're here. And speaking of welcome back, uh, yeah. many, many, many months ago, many, two, two years later, <laughs> many moons ago, two years ago, Brian and I had this idea as we were really just getting to know each other. Like, what if we did a little podcast? Because, you know, this whole pandemic, I'm sure will blow over in the next couple of weeks. But just in case, let's get this. <laughs> just in case it doesn't. Yeah, let's get this podcast going. And one of our very first people was this man, the myth, the, the legend. legend, Phil Alessi. What's up, Phil? Yeah, yeah, it's you. He Good. Just, you know, people can't see that on a podcast. I just want you to know that. Well, I, you know, but I want you to say it. Okay, so yeah, he's so. true. He looked behind him. Yeah, like, I did. Go. Hey, I, I drove, we drove through Kansas City the other day and beat twice once for each of you guys. So oh, thank you. Thanks, want you to know that. Yeah, well, that's, I think that's nice. Yeah. So Phil, Phil is one of my main mentors and friends in life. We have ran together in ministry for many a year. I think it's we run together. We have ran. We run. We ran together. We have run together. Yeah, we we, have, we, we have were run. running at times, and we, we will have been running. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're here. Phil affectionately has been called the movement whisperer because he is kind of sometimes in the background, but will whisper things to do. <laughs> so, Phil, when I first was was pick up your trash. <laughs> when, I, when I was first like getting into some jail context years ago, Phil was the man that I went towards and started running together, got connected with Novo, um, and then later we launched Underground. So just Phil, my boy, my good friend and mentor, and it's been a while since we've had a just a, a Phil Alessi conversation on this podcast, so we thought, you know what, let's have Phil. So welcome, my friend. Hey, good to be back with you guys. Always uh Enjoy listening to you, hearing what's going on. Um, I'm always, people keep talking to me about the uh, Casey Underground. And just like Jesus rising from the dead, I say, no, what things? <laughs> so, you know, like, so I keep rehearing about you guys from, from others. So it's very cool. Indeed. Right on. Well, yeah. well, hey, we're glad to have you. We're, we're kind of in the middle of this this kind of series within a series within a series talking about ordinary people. We're like highlighting ordinary people, ordinary places, mm-hmm. stories of mission that are have have emerged already in our context and other things. And, and, and I actually wanted to invite Phil to talk about a huge piece of that. So Phil is in one sense a paid um, paid professional Christian. But uh, not well paid. If that if that, does that help? <laughs> and, and Phil is Phil is the every every man's uh, leader. I right? you'll 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 hang out with a lot of guys in jail settings and other just just you're, you're the every every man's leader. But what I think Phil you offer is a really practical understanding of persons of peace, how to find, where to find. Uh, different methods, different things, just like, you know, and so as we're thinking about, man, how does the gospel actually spread in ordinary places? This person of peace relationship is such a key thing. And we've never like actually had Phil on to talk about this. So we're like, hey, this is a perfect within this setting of talking about yeah. ordinary people in ordinary places. And so Phil, just uh, really quickly before that, in the last, what's happened in life in the last 
two years that you feel like, hey, we should you, you need all the all of our faithful listeners to uh, to know, and you have mm, I don't know forty five seconds. Go. I was in jail. <laughs> um, that caught me off guard. I wonder. That's probably one one thing. Perfect. Um, I had on the uh, orange jumpsuit they gave me was the one size fits none. <laughs> And um, the neat thing is that I was released at 6 p.m. without needing a bail bondsman. I uh, was actually in a movie of a uh, young man that I met back in, oh, 2010, who gave his life to the Lord. Mm. And we've been mentoring him along the way. And uh, he wrote a book. Uh named Scotty Heiberger. The name of the book is Behind the Wire. Uh, a movie is coming out uh, next month, most likely, entitled Hardened uh, by Grace. And I am an, I'm an inmate in a, my former inmate's friend's movie. So mm. that's, that's humbling. Mm. Joey, Joey Lawrence my, plays Scotty, right? Yeah. Whoa, whoa. When you said that, I was hey, like, Joe. come on. Come hey, on. Joey. Hey, Joey. Yeah, that's a, a, true, hey, yo, that's, Phil. That's a yeah. true story. That's uh, Yeah, so that's awesome, man. So that's was that been pretty exciting? Yeah, and some some other things have been happening along those lines. Um, uh, just opened up a, uh, a place. I now serve on uh, Scotty's board in the uh, organization Behind the Wire. And we've just kind of miraculous circumstances gotten a, a piece of property that was donated hmm. uh, that included a church and a couple other buildings. And right now there are four men who no longer live in prison, but live in this discipleship center. Hmm. Yeah. And they're learning life from Scotty and Danielle. And it's just, just pretty exciting to see that, so, see that happening. Yeah, that, it's a great picture of what we talk about all the time in disciple making movement circles is that you find the one who can reach the many. And so talk about finding the one who has now reached many and many, many people and that multiplying on many efforts. And so just the fact that there is even a movie to tell that story is very exciting. So yeah. that in a jail con context, finding a person of peace, uh, I don't know. It's in some way, I don't want to say easier, but you know, there's a lot of spiritual hunger openness people lean in and uh but i want to i want to like zoom <clears throat> out and talk about the concept of a person of peace in an everyday setting workplace neighborhood just friend group and wh what that looks like globally what that could look mm -hmm. like in america and then some yeah some real practical things but before that like how would you define person of peace where's that language come from why is that part of movement you know language yeah, uh, a simple definition, maybe I'll expand on it later, but somebody who is uh, responsive to us relationally and the message that we bring, and they uh, reproduce that, the gospel message throughout their networks uh, virally. Um, you know, you mentioned uh, jails. <clears throat> You know, when you want to grow, when you want to grow a virus, you need a medium, you know, like a Petri dish. And 
Jails and prisons are really like a petri dish. Yeah. It has has the nutrients, the pre, you know, it's got everything there for movements to take place. It's just a natural place. So. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so like when we think of like I don't know, I, we, we, right now Brian is pretty invested in, in a neighborhood setting. We're really invested in just a lot of friends and you know local families and schools around us. And so I'm thinking of settings like that. We've, done, we've had teams in colleges and high schools and all these different places. And and so we, as we talk about finding people who who act who are what you just described, but also like I think of them as like they're the gateway to relationships, networks that are larger than ourselves. Um, mm-hmm. What are some categories, like just, let's just talk about some of the categories that you have found through the years as you train mission, everyday missionaries of, you know, certain people that were, like how do you find persons of peace? What are things that yeah. describe them? I, I'd encourage them to camp on one. Mm. And that is people that you already know relationally. You know, kind of uh, Ephesians 2.10 that, you know, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good work. So he's created us, but he's also created the opportunities and the relationships around us. Mm. So sometimes, so rather than running off to some far distant river to pan for gold, pan closely. Mm. Those that you're, you live next to, uh, those in your family, um, yeah. So that's that's where I would con. That, yeah. That's where I would concentrate. For us, like so, so Brian and I years ago were sitting and just like, how, how do we find some tools and create some tools that help people think in terms of this? Like, who are the people you're already around? And we've yeah. been around people who we do these relationship mind mapping exercises yeah. where, where you put your your name, you circle it, and you think of all the people you know. And we also did the yeah. same thing, but like context. So we talk, we call it the context map, but we think of it in terms of like, where do I spend my time. We just all Mm -hmm. big circles and we list the people within those contexts. And generally speaking, this is a phrase we use all the time. You're going to be most effective in places that you have a reason to exist within. So totally Mm -hmm. get that. We are like, we talk about that a lot, but let's say you're someone listening to this and either you're not fully connected somewhere or you're maybe your heart burns for a, a group of people, Right or a cause or something like that. I know that in your booklet, I call it a booklet. Is that a good way? What do you call it? Yeah, it's yeah, booklet. It's like a cute little booklet. book. Yeah, it's 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 small and it contains everything I know. So. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, well, so this is the seven-page book that you wrote. Um, <laughs> we got the second thing that you say is spending time in promising settings. So I know that the jail, you know, was kind of a context like that, but talk me through that. Like, how can the everyday person who's wanting to see disciples made planning the gospel in an area, what does promising settings look like? To me, promising settings are are places where people are experiencing some of the extremities of life. Um, I've also found that um, visiting people in hospitals Mm. Uh, is another place uh, people that are stuck in addiction mm-hmm. um, you know with with covid there's been a there's been a lot of uh, insecurity mm. and in the middle of that uh, 
you know, we came up with a DBS overcoming fear. And uh, so, I don't know, I think with what we've experienced the last couple of years, some of the, think of who's going through some tough things and don't, don't bring a DBS invitation. Hmm. Bring yourself. Yeah. And pray for those opportunities to, for a meaningful exchange to, to take place. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Yeah. Don't you agree, Brian? Yeah. I'm, I realize I'm not saying much, but you see, I'm taking a you lot are, of notes. You're taking notes. I'm listening and learning. And you're wearing a collared shirt. It's throwing me off, dude. That's because I have a meeting later. I'm not wearing like it's, it's athletic shorts yeah, it's with, athletic with a collared shirt. <laughs> I love that. This, this is a man who's on zoom uh, later today. But there's there, there's a, an, an acronym that we've we've stolen from Chris Galanis where Pipsy remember Pipsy yeah it's like poor international um, prisoner what am I missing international prisoner sick right so in the yeah. hospitals and that that has been an acronym that we've used sometimes with let's say like for me early on like I'm hearing all these stories globally and we're invested in friends and we know some people in our neighborhood but I was just longing to for a lack of a better way of saying it, have my own stories where I'm just yeah. not telling other people's stories. And like, that's almost, it feels like kingdom cheating, but it was like, where are there places in people groups that might have more, I don't know how else to say it, but overt um, hurts or needs that like I can actually see more visibly that are, mm-hmm. cr- that often accompany a cry for, for God to show up in their lives, right? There is, there's pockets where sometimes that's a little more overt, sometimes easier to, to see, although it's in every single pocket. Sometimes it's more yeah. obvious, you know, and on the surface. And so when I started doing a lot of stuff in jails settings, it was like, you, you could find people of peace easier. That is a promising setting. And that could be, maybe someone listening to this is just like longing to be about some of these things, longing to see the gospel penetrate new places, to have new discovery groups and microchurches emerge. Maybe think about those settings where, you know, you can invest relationally to places that might have a high spiritual hunger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and do a little timeline of your life too, and, and look back through some relationships hmm. that might not be the most current. Oh. And I find that sometimes people are, are, are viewing you and what's going on with you, even though you might not be in touch with them. And that's, that's a good opportunity. And uh, that borders into kind of a, another area, and that is, uh, you know, I, the key to gospel, I am the key to gospel movements. Phil Alessi? No. Okay. I am is an acrostic for uh, it ain't me. <laughs> Um, I'm so you confused. can use that one. <laughs> is that, it you or is it not you? <laughs> and that my uh, that's where I really think that in our situation, because we've been praying and hungering for this to happen for years and years and years, mm-hmm. God brings people to us. Mm. And sometimes we don't know it. Yeah. And we say, no, can't, no. Really, them? Hmm. Really? 
and a TF. So, you know, watch for those people that, that are coming to you and, mm. you know, desire to spend time with you, you know, and that could be, that could be personal. It could be online. Um, one of my old friends that I, uh, yesterday was August 31st. In 1964, me and my buddy Keith went to see the Beatles in Atlantic City for $3.90. <laughs> and Keith will tell you that when Ruth Ann and I became believers in our teens, Keith is the, probably one of the greatest mockers I know. With him, it's a spiritual gift, and he mocked us uh, pretty good and uh, pretty well, sir. And, and now... Um, I send out the daily bread to about 3000 people a day on a Facebook group. And he's one of them. And, uh, every day I send him scripture that we interact about. And he sends me a song that he records. He's recording all kinds of Beatles music and old music for his grandkids. And he just kind of showed up you know, on the radar. And so God, God brings people to us. And, um, I think sometimes we forget that the Holy spirit has, can be right-handed or left-handed. Uh, he can work in both directions at once. Mm -hmm. He can, he can send the ones that are, um, the seek, seeking people of peace and the ones that are searching. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he's sending them toward us. It's not like some unrequited love, like we're running after them. Yeah. Unrequited love and they're trying to hide from us. He's sending them to us. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like that's yeah. a lot of the person of peace story, even in Luke chapter 10. It's like, yes, the yeah, missionaries are being sent out, but it's, it's really, you know, it's a person of peace when they are, there's like an active reception on their end. It's like, mm -hmm. not only am I hearing what you're saying, but come stay with us, be here, yeah. open, like open yeah. that oikos. You know? The language is that they return the peace to you. Mm -hmm. So it's not, mm -hmm. it's, yep. it's not just that they receive you, uh, but the indication that you know mm -hmm. it is, is because the peace returns to you. So mm -hmm. there's something that they are doing. It is moving towards you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did I even think of a story in college is before I even had this idea of a person of peace or knowing how to press into a network. But there was just a, a guy who was connected in the, the, you know, some of the dorms near us and uh, just total crazy kid did a lot of drugs, a lot of crazy stuff. And one day just walks in and just starts asking my roommate and I about Jesus, like straight mm -hmm. up, you know, like most spiritual interest I, I can remember in college in a setting. And it wasn't because I actively sought this person out. It's because they knew that my roommate and I were trying to follow Jesus, you know, within a setting where a lot of people weren't. And so like, that's a, probably a, a reality that that sometimes happens that we're, we're having our spiritual eyes open and there's a readiness to, to have those conversations and to receive and to kind of know what to do with them, right? It's like, well, what, do we, what yeah. do we do? We encourage them to maybe gather some of their other friends, you know, and we'll sit down and we begin to have a discovery Bible study setting with them and their people as much as possible. Or maybe it ends up being a one-on-one -on -one mentoring relationships where you're doing kind of a DBS together if they don't have 
connections with other people, but it's such a significant way of that's like, we, we tend to have this, I don't know, this understanding that we're going to go and make all this stuff happen. And I just, it's yeah. such a great reminder as missionaries that we need to actually be uh, received and ready uh, for other people to either find mm-hmm. us or serve and love us. You know, I mean, just that kind of upside down way of, of really seeing where God's already at work. Yeah. As before we moved to New York back in, uh, 2003, I was doing some exploratory trips and, uh, just finished dinner in little Italy was walking North and was going through the East village. And, um, I walked through past this place called the cube, which is a, a, a large sculpture and, um, some pretty radical kids tended to hang out there. So I was, I walked by there what that night and I got about a block beyond it and the Holy spirit said, go back. So I went back and, um, standing there, you know, more than twice the age of the people <laughs> gathered around there and they're playing a hacky sack. And, uh, so it came my way and it kicked it up in the air. And so pulled a hamstring. Yeah. And we started, uh, started a conversation with these these people and i would visit there from time to time and one of the guys um i found this picture yesterday his name's coyote and um had quite a few conversations with with him and when we got settled he came and visited me in uh at our apartment on roosevelt island and he was dressed in a suit and an overcoat and a, and a hat. And I said, what's up? And he says, you know, I just want you to know that my life has really been changed. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I said, how'd you get here? He says, well, I jumped, I jumped some turnstiles to get to you. So God hadn't spoken to him about turnstile jumping yet, <laughs> but, um, he, you know, totally unexpected. Mm. And I lost touch. You know, I haven't seen him in, in years. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Another New Yorker, <clears throat> the B-29, used to stop in front of our apartment in Williamsburg. And it was the first stop in the line, and I was only going like three stops. And I sat, I sat near the bus driver, but wasn't really expecting a conversation to happen. And this is... This is when the Pope visited Yankee Stadium. He says, I just saw the Pope. And he said, I wish I can start my life all over again. I wish I can start anew. Mm-hmm. And it was like, knock, knock, knock. Mm-hmm. So we, we continued to talk together, and I decided to go way past my stop. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I said, do you have a Bible? He said, nah. A couple weeks later, uh, or a week later, I got on. He says, hey, I found a Bible under my stairs. I told John 3, and I said, well, did you write Mark? This guy keeps on going so well. And um, he was part of the Jackie Gleason bus stop bus depot in Queens, which is the largest bus depot in the world. Hmm. 
and here is this guy that has this brand new faith. And, and again, it was one of these short encounters. I didn't have a continuing relationship with him, but somebody that God brought to me that I wasn't expecting, yeah. who was now like the gathering demoniac going out and mm-hmm. hitting up all kinds of people. So, yeah. I'm finally going to talk. I have a question. Hey, hey Brian, man, I just went, welcome back. Brother. I've just been listening. It's just, been it's enjoying just the good to have you. Unhurried pace of Lessie. <laughs> um, I want to offer like one quick question. I don't know that it's quick actually. So I've, I've been hanging with um, this guy recently that's been walking through this passage and sort of offering an, ex- I'm going to say like an expanded view, like if you zoomed out. Uh, so I want to hear your thoughts on this because his take has been more that uh, I'm probably going to mess up his words. So I hope he doesn't listen to this and get upset. But he was basically saying, like, we have to create persons of peace, uh, which we talk about. Sometimes you have to be that person. But it was like it's more in a, I don't know, a broader sense. And then it was like when when we talk about the the person, like when you go into these towns, find persons of peace and then. Uh, cast out demons, heal the sick. It was kind of like there's strongholds in a community that you have to tear down. So it's like it was less actual literal interpretation of this and more like metaphorical. So I'm curious how both of you would respond to that because I'm always like, no, I think we literally should find actual people mm-hmm. and then actually do the healing of the sick. and the. So just your experience and your context, Phil, of like, you know, is there a zoom out or is it like very literal or is it both? Mm. Dunkin' Donuts, DD. Um, people <laughs> of peace, I think, are discovered and developed. Mm-hmm. It's, it's both. I would much rather discover them. <laughs> it's faster. It takes a lot less time. Yeah. But sometimes we are we are the one person that is that is starting things going and our our teams around the world with novo uh uh, interchange these are people that that move into uh, very marginal poor communities and uh they live there for years yeah and my challenge to them was yeah you're you're going to discover people of peace but you're going to develop them too Mm -hmm. and Petri dish wise, I kind of think that there are three ingredients in, that bring about a, a person of peace. One is the circumstances they go through. You know, the Holy Spirit is bringing circumstances around their life to make them open mm-hmm. to the gospel. Uh, and circumstances are kind of long, longer term things. <laughs> a jail. A prison sentence may be one of those, or a long-term, a long-term sickness may be another one, or a divorce or something. Uh, an event um, may be something that happens quickly, mm-hmm. but it's it's kind of it's kind of hurtful or or devastating. Uh, our next door neighbor, uh, while we're away, their house burned down. And, um, you know, I remember a situation a couple of years ago where they had a need and knocked on our door and said, pray, pray about this. Mm-hmm. And then, so events, 
circumstances, and then people. Interacting with other people can help to create a person of peace yeah. where they, they see the reality of Jesus in someone and that makes them hungry and, and thirsty. Yeah. And so I say, why can't we try to intentionally be the person that other people are looking for? Yeah, that's good. And why not posture ourselves in those various ways? So, uh, you know, yeah. like a like a big sheet of wool picking up lint. <laughs> you know, so that we're so I think Yeah. You know, people of peace, yeah. They're not eternal. They were developed along the way somewhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, and so really I think, yeah, they are all people of peace are developed. Mm. And hopefully and all let's just say I hope more and more people of peace will be discovered. Mm. Yeah, man, that's and so I, good. I think the Holy, I think more people of peace are being developed than we're finding. Yeah. Yeah. Like we, we, we ain't looking. A lot of that language, that's really good, Phil, because a lot of that understanding and movement pockets is done in unreached, unengaged people groups. So you're finding that someone, they're a relational gateway, they are open, and then they have the relational equity and influence to draw a lot of people. We have discovered in American settings that that specific role is few and far between. People not only have, they don't have that much relational like weight to actually draw that many people together. They're not tribal leaders or head of households to the same way that we see globally, but they do exist in pockets, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's like, yeah, we find those people. But what we're what I'm continually leaning in on when it comes to persons of peace is that what's the what are the pillars, the foundational pillars of what a person of peace is? And I think that's what you're touching on. Is they are mm -hmm. they are people that can draw others, right? They're people who let yeah, like let's get together. Let's like they they essentially carry that role of allowing a message to penetrate a network and multiply and flow through that the, the veins of relationships right and so like if that for us let's say in a neighborhood setting where people don't necessarily know each other well you can function yes you're looking for open spiritually open people that is always one of the things that we're doing but you're also going to function in a way as someone who's going to get people together that's one of the most mis missional strategies that we know of in settings like that is to create space so that people can begin to have conversations barbecues you know, putting a fire pit out of the front, uh, kids coming over and doing s'mores, you know, whatever it looks like, right? And we talk a lot about that in our blessed rhythms and, and how to live as missionaries in an American setting. So is that like exactly, you know, like Luke chapter 10, where it's like they have to know they, they don't know Jesus yet and no one in their pocket knows Jesus yet. And that's the only way you're a person of peace. I mean, cool. Like, praise God. But like, what we're actually, what we're trying to do is mobilize people who take on those foundational functions, mm -hmm. where they they're relationally open to others, and drawing people towards themselves and towards God. Being from an Italian background, one of my favorite people in the Bible is Cornelius. <laughs> um, you know, you you would think that Peter would be a pretty sharp, you know, sharp individual, and. Uh, Cornelius was hungrier mm -hmm. than Peter was 
looking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well. And so, you know, good. sometimes sometimes the Lord will supernaturally invade that that process. And I think yeah. it's too much of a it is a process. We gotta go away from that a little bit, understand it, but the whole what's the Holy Spirit's role in it? Mm-hmm. You know, Cornelius was already he was a believer as much as he could discover. Mm. And the Lord appeared to him and then appeared to Peter. So, yeah. and, you know, we're hearing about that, that the Holy Spirit is preparing people, speaking to people. That's right. Um, yeah. I think really we're putting all of our eggs in that basket. Yeah. Like in the end, ordinary people, trying to find where God's at work is we put all the eggs in the basket of God, you got to be at work because we cannot create this on our own. And I I don't know if that answers some of what your question, Brian, of like, you know, do we create them? Are they developed? Is this metaphor? I don't think it's metaphorical in the sense that like, Oh, it's just, you know, of course I don't, it's definitely not that we've got a hundred stories. That's not that, but it's also not just so clean cut. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, there is, there is a reality that we live on mission. We, we, we see this stuff happen, but like, yeah, you, you, you follow the breadcrumbs, you follow the Holy spirit breadcrumbs of conversation. There's intentionality. Don't get me wrong, but we, we can't, we can't create spiritual hunger in someone's heart. It just ain't going to happen. But when we start to see that, we start to press into that more, but then maybe you're looking left and all of a sudden to the right, someone's like, God, you didn't, wasn't even on your radar that has this like a major thing that happens in life or they approach you and we're just ready for it. We're as missionaries, we are just ready to then press into that. Yeah. And I, and that kind of reminds me you're, you're moving, you're searching, you're looking and it's easier to steer you when you're moving than when you're sitting yeah, and wondering. Absolutely. Yeah, that's good. And we'll bring in, you know, that's kind of the Daisy and Dandelion language that I use strategists love they love to plant things in the road that look nice mm. you know and they they put the seeds in they cultivate it and everything uh meanwhile in back of you there's a hundred thousand dandelions that you had nothing to do with mm-hmm. hmm. amen and, and my grandfather used to actually pick that stuff and make meals out of it so Okay. <laughs> totally. That's a turn I totally saw coming. That's that's going back to the eighties. Okay. Well, hey, you've already 18, mentioned the eighteen eighties. The eighteen eighties. There you go. Yeah. Well, Phil Alessi, man, I just appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you uh sharing some of your wisdom. I do hope that this is encouraging for people as they listen to this to like just we begin to think I don't know if it's thinking outside the box is the right way of saying it. But just being open and flexible and understand that it's not always this like really clean process of you, you know, you take a, you go through a huddle in seven weeks and boom, you find a person of peace and boom, you got a discovery group and boom, people give their life to Jesus. Boom. You got a micro church. Like, no, we're, the, it's sometimes, usually not, it's usually nine weeks. <laughs> it takes at least two extra weeks. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, and sometimes it takes years of cultivating relationships. I hope maybe people saw that in this series as we're, we're looking at everyday stories that these take a little bit of time. A lot of the stories that we're sharing on this podcast are stories that have two years of work behind them. You know, sure. there's some yeah. of that. There's others like in the share the hope context that did kind of virally 
go off a little bit more and everything in between. And we're always, we're, we're, we're slow to tell specific stories around here because we don't want to throw out names and make things awkward yeah, and weird, yeah. but no, we get that. enough stories that people are encouraged and we're not just totally making up everything in this podcast. <laughs> so Phil, I want to, I want to throw this back, you know, to you to give us one more word, you know, like we like to end our podcast being like, Hey, if you had a word for the underground or for Kansas city, or uh, maybe a word of rebuke for Brian, uh, that this would just give this opportunity to, 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 to rebuke Brian. Um, in fact, I've got some, you want me to start off? Yeah. I got a lot of, okay. Yeah. No, but seriously, what would you have to say? What do you believe that maybe the Lord is speaking over us right now? One of the words that I, I don't hear much in movement circles discussed is faith. I can't remember a single time where I've been in a, a training or where, where that has really come up as something important. And yet the Bible said, you know, Hebrews eleven six says uh, that without faith, it is impossible to please God. And so our faith is not in movement. Amen. It's in the mover, mm. the one who moves us and the one that moves people toward us and the one that moves us, us toward people. And um, it's his harvest. He's the Lord of the harvest. It's his soil. It's his seed. And the sowers belong to him too. Come on. Amen. I hope, listeners, like that's an encouraging thing where you're at on mission right now. Let's just stop. And even if it's a, I'm turn this podcast off and just say, Lord, we believe that you are on the move. Yeah. Like I have faith today that you are actively moving in someone's life that I maybe can't even understand yet so so good brother appreciate it thank you phil yeah. smooches hey let me close by if there's if you want to give this booklet out yeah uh you know make it available anyway um please do it deal where do you get it yeah where would what's the easiest way to get in that phil you're the link creator okay. you have the All document right. so put a link on the podcast website you send it to me and i'll do I'll it. i'll do that yeah it's called connecting with persons of peace by phil leslie yeah. seven pages of brilliance <laughs> all he knows in That's seven right. pages yeah uh 21 21 point type two <laughs> big, big font <laughs> big font yeah all right brother all right. love you talk see to you later phil. see ya love you guys bye Thanks for listening to the Underground Podcast. We hope that it's either been an encouragement to you or that it's created a curiosity about what it means to live into a missionary mindset with an aim to make disciples and see the church emerge. If you're a missionary or a microchurch in Kansas City and you're looking for coaching or just belonging within a network, we'd love to connect with you so we can learn about what you are doing and how you are joining Jesus for gospel saturation in this city. If you're outside the Kansas City area and have questions about what it would mean to catalyze a disciple-making movement that leads to the emergence of microchurches in every network within your city, we'd love to connect with you as well and offer whatever resources might be helpful to you. You can find out more at kcunderground.com. Grace and peace, friends.